welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Come on, you might just need to close your eyes and remind the enemy there is life after this storm. And I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Amen? Amen. I want to read to you Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. This will be our text today part of the text, but it says in Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1 after 36, Ezekiel prophesies to the mountains, and then he goes to verse 37, and he has a vision of this valley of dry bones. He said, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass all around them, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. I believe this is a word for somebody that's in here that maybe you've bout with something for a long time. When they said that the bones were dry, it tells me this, that they had been dead a long time. So maybe there's somebody in here that you have a dream or you have something or, or maybe it's a marriage or maybe it's something that's dried up in your life and it's been for a long time. I want you to listen to what it has because I believe this is a prophetic word for you today. And, and he said unto me, son of man... Can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. What a very political answer there. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Come on, remember these dry bones, something that had been dead a real long time. Behold, I will make breath enter you so that you may come to life. He said, I'll put sinews in you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you so that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on the bones and flesh grew and skin covered them. But... There was no breath in them. How many of y'all know sometimes you got to prophesy to them, speak to them, but you got to just keep on speaking to them sometimes? Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. You see dry bones? We used to sing that in youth all the time. You see dry bones, but God sees an army. God, we thank you for the text this morning. We thank you for your word. I pray that it's living, powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I pray for those that are in this room today, Lord, that maybe the floodwaters are raging in their life. There may be places in their life where they're shipwrecked, but God, may the word of the Lord speak to us and encourage us that Noah, even after the flood, lived 350 years. God, even in in this place, maybe a dry place where bones are all around, God, we choose today to speak to these places in our life, and we speak life to them and life more abundantly. Lord, I pray that as the word of the Lord goes forth, I pray that it does not return void, but it accomplishes what it's meant and it's sent to do in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, 
I'm glad you came to church this morning. Look at your other neighbor, tell them, come on, lie to them, you look like you've lost weight. Have you lost weight? You look like you've lost 20 pounds. Amen. Well, if you've been here over the last couple of weeks, first service, you guys awake this morning? Amen. Well, if you've been, if you've been here over the last couple of weeks, I've been in this message called Creature Features. And uh, as I told you last week, I love the symbolism throughout the Word of God and what they mean all the way from like oil and what that represents to the power of the Holy Spirit and numbers and different word meanings of what they mean. And the, the word just comes alive. How many of y'all know the word is alive? And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It really is a living, breathing organism that is still bringing life to us today. And so we've gone through this text in Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 10. If you go ahead and put it up on the screen there. But he talks about four different faces as for the likeness of their faces... They had the face of a man. Everybody say man. And each had the face of a lion. Everybody say lion. On the right side of the face of an ox. Everybody say ox. On the left side, the four also had the face of an eagle. Everybody say eagle at the back of their head. So we've gone through this, uh, through this particular text. And I've studied this before through the book of Revelation chapter 5 of how John is on the island of Patmos, and he said, Behold, I see a sea of glass. And he sees them in a different order. He sees them in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He sees the book of Matthew as the face of the lion, the, the book of Mark as the face of the ox. He sees the face of Luke as the face of the man. And then in the book of John, he sees it as an eagle. But we've looked at it from a little different standpoint of these personalities and characteristic traits that each of these have. And as we looked at the lion, we saw how important it is that we have a roar with authority on the inside of us. How many of y'all know Jesus is coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah? That he is the king of kings, not was, but he still is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the king of all kings. He is, he is the king of, of the world. And just as a lion is the king of the jungle, he is the king of a different kingdom. And we've got to make him ruler over our life. But in Mark chapter 13, he said, As a man leaving his house and going on a journey, so I have left you with authority over this home. And we went over some things of God has given us authority. And I hope you have been exercising. Maybe it was something new to you in your walk with Christ. But I hope that all of you learn that there is an authority. There is something, as we heard in the intro video that Cody made, there is something bigger on the inside of you. Amen? There is something bigger on the inside of you. You ought to roar with authority with the name of Jesus. The Bible says, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So no matter what the phone call was, no matter what the letter was in the mail, no matter what kind of feeling comes over you, come on, there is an authority that can break every yoke and bondage of sin and death in your life. It's called the authority of the name of Jesus. There's authority in the written word. There's authority in the blood. And we've got to know that authority. Not only do you need to uh, roar with authority, but you need to serve with humility as an ox. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 that he was the beast of burden for you and I. We need to cast all our care on him for he cares for us. We looked at John 13 of how Jesus went to all 12 disciples, even the one that he knew would betray him. And he washed their feet. Listen, we're never so big that we can't stoop down low and serve other people. 
God has called us to be a servant. Even Jesus himself, the ox that we're talking about. If we're going to be the ox as we serve him, I believe he will give you a heart because the Bible tells us in the book of Mark that he didn't come to just be served, but he came to serve. Aren't you thankful that he's the greatest servant for you and I? And then last week we looked at the eagle, and boy, I hope that really got inside of your heart as we looked at the characteristics of an eagle. So not only are we supposed to roar with authority, we're supposed to serve with humility, but we're also supposed to soar in spirituality. We were reminded that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live inside of a body. So it's so important that we feed the spirit that's in us, that everything, come on, The main thing, let's keep the main thing about the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. Amen? And so as we do that, I'm telling you, if you invite him into every area of your life, the Bible says, tells us in Isaiah that we will mount up. Those who wait upon the Lord, they will mount up on wings like eagles. They'll walk and not grow weary. They'll, They'll run and not grow faint. And I'm telling you, when you soar with the Lord, you'll go above a storm and look down. When you soar with the Lord, you'll have a heavenly perspective. When you soar with the Lord, you'll go from faith to faith. When you soar with the Lord, you'll go from glory to glory. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay where I am in any area of my life. I believe God's called us to new heights, new depths. So I must not only be one who roars with authority. I've got to be somebody who serves with humility. I've got to be somebody who soars with spirituality, but I must also remember this as we talk about today the man. We must remember our humanity because we are people, we have frailties, and because we're people, we have limits. We are limited as a man. How many of y'all thankful for men? I should hear an amen from all the women out there, all right? How many of y'all thankful for women out there? All the men should say hallelujah. If you're married for one woman anyway. Amen. So I was thinking about this over the Thanksgiving holiday. We bought a uh, puzzle of, bless you, we bought a puzzle and me and my daughter Addison enjoyed putting this puzzle together. And it was, it was uh, a picture of the, the great spiritual Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation with Cousin Eddie. And uh, the picture scene is this, of where they're, they're standing outside, and you know, the dad's out there, and he said, I'm freezing my bag off, and he's waiting, you know, and, and bringing it together. Well, Cousin Eddie, uh, they kind of uh, made it their own, but Cousin Eddie's out there, you know, because things are full inside of his RV, and he's out there with a the pipe, and he's putting it inside of the drain. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. If you're on that spiritual level with me right now, go ahead and shake your head. And so me and Addison, in fact, I I got the picture. I brought it this morning. Me and Addison, we really enjoyed putting this puzzle together. In fact, we probably, it was a 500-piece puzzle, and that we probably put 400 pieces together. There was 100 pieces left. Well, she was at work, and I just, I put it all together. Well, I came home, then she got off at 11 o'clock, and I came home, and she had taken it all apart, and she said, Dad, you will not put a puzzle together without me. I said, yes, ma'am. So I got us a new one yesterday at Hobby Lobby, so we're going to enjoy that over the Christmas time. But anyways, here's the picture, you know, when he lights up his house just like this. But I was thinking about this as humanity. Uh, we as people, see, here, I have this piece right here, and it has the picture of Cousin Eddie's head on it. 
How many of y'all know that this puzzle would not be complete without Cousin Eddie? Yeah. It would not be. It's, it's a piece. And even though how good-looking of a man Cousin Eddie is, as uh, talented as Cousin Eddie is, how many of y'all know he's just one piece? And, but here's the, this is my point. If he is not plugged into the picture, he's out there floating by himself. And I'm here to tell you there's so many people, they don't have a purpose. There's people that are not serving God. And they're just floating out there in the atmosphere. And it doesn't mean that they have great qualities. It doesn't mean that they can't own a business. It doesn't mean that they can be so smart like a doctor and actually have some wisdom to bring some help to people. But I'm telling you, those of you that are saved in here, that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior... You've came to this realization that even though I had all of those things, there is just some things I can't do without the hope and power of Jesus Christ. If I'm not plugged into the kingdom, I don't have the purpose that God has in store for my life. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, open them to Matthew chapter 19 as we talk about there are some limits as us as people, as humanity and man, that we get into and I believe this is a great way to describe this is from the story of the rich young ruler. If you know the story, just go with us today. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified and then just kind of give you some thoughts on this particular text. Because how many of y'all know, I don't care if you're Superman, you are, there are still some things that you can't do. We've got to have the help of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And so it's, it says this in verse 16, and said, someone came to him and said, teacher, what good things shall I do to obtain eternal life? How many of y'all know, I just want to point this out. I always, I'm always, I always think about this because this is a rich young ruler. We know this in the historical text of this. Hasn't brought up his money yet. But even though we know this, I love it that because how many of y'all know when people have a lot of money, they feel like they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof because they feel like there is nothing that they can't buy. I may can't work on this on my house, but there is somebody that I can pay to work on this on my house. There is a doctor that's going to get me out of this mess. There is elites. We know this. If you've kind of studied that, there's elites that are in America that they ain't going to die of certain things because they have some money to pay people to, there are solutions out there, all right? I won't put my 10 foot or my 10 foot hat on. And go down that trail. But I'm just here to tell you what, what amazes me that right away, even people that have everything don't have everything. Amen. Are you guys awake this morning? Yes. Even people that have everything materially, you may have the house, you may have the cars, you may have the big bank account, and you may have the pretty spouse. But if you don't have Jesus, I'm telling you, you don't have anything. Amen. So it says, Jesus answered, what are you asking me about? What is good? How many of y'all know the Bible says there is none righteous? No, not one. There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. He said to Jesus, which commandments? And Jesus answered, you shall not commit murder. Amen. Amen. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the young man, remember this rich young man, he said to him, I've kept all of these things. 
But what's the thing that I still lack? Jesus answered him, If you wish to be perfect, go and sell what you have. Give it to the poor. You have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. How many of y'all believe God wants us to be blessed? How many of y'all know uh, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Amen. And he wants you and I to be blessed as well. This is not what he's saying, but he gets to verse 23. And he says, Jesus said to his disciples, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, it is difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. I went ahead and put over here on the side. I'm going to read to you in the New Living Testament, verse 23. He said that Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom because how many of y'all know riches, wealth, gold, talents? They can make one independent of God and intolerant of other people. I, I know I said that before, that it, but lots of times money can make people feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Like riches can cause us to say, why should I pray and seek God when I can consult my banker or my stockbroker? Riches can cause us to say, why is everyone so poor? Uh, or, or riches can make people think, why don't they have the initiative, the industry, the energy, the intuitiveness, the want to that I got? What is wrong with these people? When you become independent of God and intolerant of others, you forfeit the kingdom. Riches can be dangerous if they make us stiff in the knee and heart of the heart. So it goes on in verse 24. I want to read out the New Living Testament again. This is red lettering. Jesus says, I'll say it again. It's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Come on, we're talking about humanity here. There's just some things that you cannot do. And I've studied this out before, and I wanted to give you some context on this. The Talmud, and I'm not so sure that's how you say it, but it was the Jewish body of teaching present in Jesus' day. And Jesus changes the wording of this up because they didn't say in there the eye up, put, in, put a camel through the eye of, of a needle. They actually, or, or the eye of a needle, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Actually, in the Talmud, it was written this. It's easier for an elephant to go through the eye of an eagle, uh, of a needle, of an eagle, eye of an eagle. Eye of a needle. All right. Because elephants were common in Persia, they were common in that day in, uh, in Iran where the Talmud was written, but not in Jerusalem. So Jesus modified this teaching with something his Jerusalem audience would uh, relate to. Was he talking about a literal needle of a camel? Or was he speaking of something else? Because if you read on in history, you'll, you'll know this about this particular text. In Jerusalem, all commerce would stop when the gates of the city were closed on the Sabbath day every evening at sunset. On, at sunset. And commerce stopped because camels and caravans could no longer enter. But there was this little gate. Everybody say little gate. There was a little gate, and it was called the needle gate. That was actually a gate inside of the main gate, and it could, it, it could be open to allow access to only one person at a time. And the only way a camel could possibly get through the needle gate would be if, if it, you got rid of all the baggage that was on, of it, on its back. How many of y'all know narrow 
is the gate that leads to the Lord. Wide open is the one that leads to destruction. So the only way to get the camel through the needle gate would to get rid of all that stuff. And if he crawled through the gate on his knees. So I believe it's very possible that this is what Jesus was saying. There is a way for this rich man to enter the kingdom, but only if he places no priority on his possession, on his things, on his talents, and is willing to fall to his knees in humility. How many of y'all know God's called us? I'm just here to tell you this morning, there is just some things you can't do alone. You need the help of God. So then he goes to verse 25, and this is the text where I really want to go. And the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be, uh, can be saved? Not, not verse 25, but verse 26. But he said in 25, the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. So the disciples here, they were amazed because in those days, the rabbis taught that the closer one was to God, the more riches that they had. So in theory, they're saying contrary to Jesus is contrary to Jewish theology. Riches can actually hinder one entering the kingdom of God. But he goes to verse 26, and this is where it is. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking. Come on, we're talking about humanity this morning. We're talking about men. We're talking about the limits that you have as a people. He says, humanly speaking, it is impossible. With man, things are impossible. Everybody say man. Man. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Come on, how many of y'all know this is true? This is what I'm talking about this morning. Even a rich man can be saved by the hand of God. And I'm not telling you that there ain't amazing things that a man can do. In fact, I looked up some things. I wrote down the top ten things. I looked this up the other day. Men have done amazing things over the years. How many of y'all agree that man has done some amazing things? I mean, when, when you stand, uh, a man stands before a woman on the day of their, their, their wedding, there's a man that sta- stands there and says, We are gathered here together. Wav, true wav. You are married now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A man does that. But there is something that that man cannot do. He can't put them in covenant. Are you guys awake this morning? There is just some things man can't do. But there is some amazing things a man has done. The invention of agriculture, which allowed the development of settled societies and the growth of civilization. How many of y'all thankful for the cows that you eat? Amen. And the horses we shoe. Praise the Lord. The invention of the wheel, which greatly improved transportation and communication. Uh, It's amazing there's people in here that work on cars. James is one of them. It's amazing the kind of things that he's done with a car, some of my cars. When when I wrecked them, praise the Lord, or people's ran into me. Let's go ahead and clarify that, all right? And it's amazing what man can do with their hands. The development of writing, which allowed for the recording and preservation of knowledge. Y'all thankful for books and history and all those different things. The invention of the printing press, which greatly increased the uh, 
uh, of knowledge, the development of medicine, and the understanding of disease, which has greatly extended human lifespan and improved overall health. Aren't you thankful for doctors and medicine and nurses? Come on, if you're in the medical field, go ahead and raise your hand. Come on, let's give them a hand this morning, being, being in the medical field. Amen? The Industrial Revolution, which greatly improved productivity and living standards. How many y'all thankful for air conditioners? Praise the Lord. How many y'all thankful for heaters? Amen. It's our guy right here. Come on. Yeah, thank you. Y'all thankful for electricity? Yeah, amen. We ain't got to go to the outhouse anymore. Me and the boys do, though. I'm just going to lie. We still like that. Amen. All natural. Supernatural. All right. Number eight, the invention of the computer and the internet, which has greatly improved access to information and communication. Thomas told me this morning, he is now a licensed everything because of YouTube University. I learned how to change the spark plugs on my 2013 Tundra. It ain't like changing them on a 2004 Ford Ranger. I promise you, I've done that before, but it ain't nothing like that. But if I didn't have technology and Google, come on, let's just be honest. Yeah. How many of y'all thankful for Google, Google this morning? Even though we, we cuss him and get mad about Bezos and how much money he has, but thank God for Amazon. Right? I mean, let's just be honest. It's amazing some things that men has done. The development of democracy and human rights, which has greatly improved the lives of marginalized groups. I disagreed with that one, but praise the Lord. The tenth one, the ongoing fight against climate change and efforts to protect the environment. What is wrong with these people on the Internet? All right. But there is amazing things that men have done. Would you all agree? But how many of y'all would all agree that there are some things that a man cannot do? You need the inspiration of the Lord. So this is what I want to do. I want to be old school this morning. I don't have any notes particular on this. But thinking about the, the uh, when I think of a man, I think of the book of Luke. Because we're, we're right now in Christmas time. This is the story in Luke chapter 2 where we, we see an angel came to them. Don't, do not be afraid for I bring you good news and tidings of great joy. What was happening? Our Savior Jesus Christ was being born into the world as a man. But how many of y'all know the Bible tells us he was all man, but he was all God as well? And so I just want to go through the book of Luke and just look at a few particular stories. If you have your Bible, you can go with me. If you don't, that's fine. But in Luke chapter 3, he talks about John the Baptist and how he comes to preach. And you know how he goes out in the wilderness there. And he says, the voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare you the way to the Lord. Make his path straight. He's talking about Isaiah 40. Every ravine shall be filled up. Well, he goes out into the wilderness, and he begins to baptize folks. But what does he say? He realizes, I'm a man baptizing you. And there's an amazing thing, like this morning when Naomi got baptized, I believe there was something that was happening supernaturally as we did something in the natural. But there was something that I, as her pastor, baptizing her, there was something that I can't do for her. I can share the word of God to her, I can show her the way, but what way am I showing her to? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because only he can forgive you. Are you guys awake this morning? We need to be reminded of this. There are some things you cannot do on your own. And so what does he say in verse 16? John answered them all by saying, as for me, I baptize you with water. But there is one 
What is he saying? My humanity is limited. But there is one who is mightier than I that is coming, and I am not fit to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on, lift your hand if you're thankful that he filled you. In Luke chapter 5, here's just another one of how Peter and his boys are out fishing. It says in verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon replied, Master, we've worked all night. I've done everything with my hands that I can do. I've done everything in my humanity. I've used the right bait. I've used the right hooks. I've used the right nets. I've went in the place where they've always been, but we've caught nothing. But at your word, I will lower the nets again. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. How many of y'all know we're limited on what we can do? Now go to Luke chapter 8. Jesus calms the storm. How many of y'all know? I don't care how good of a meteorologist you are, Doppler Dave. You can tell us that a storm is coming, but there is only one authority that's in you that can calm one. I was listening to a message by Perry Stone this last week, and he was talking about how uh, he was inside of his uh, university there teaching students just one particular thing, uh, uh, one particular study. It was like a 30-day course, and people were there. And his wife called and said, get the kids out immediately. And they looked up over the horizon, and they could see an F5 coming towards him in, in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. And he stood out there. Actually, one of his students said, uh, Brother Stone... One of the things that you taught us in day one was authority. Because he was like, let's get to the basement. And she said, no, how about we stand up here in the glass and we look out and take authority over this F5 that's coming this way. Said as soon as they took authority over it, it split and it went right all the way around them and didn't do anything to their property. I'm just saying. There was just some things you can't do on your own. And right here, Jesus calms the storm. They came to Jesus, woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're about to die. Verse 24, verse 24 of chapter 8. He got up and rebuked the wind and raging violent waves, and they ceased, and it became calm. Oh, let's go on. The demoniac. As a man, now when Jesus, verse 27, Jesus stepped out on land, he was met by a man. Everybody say a man. We're talking about humanity this morning from the city who has who was possessed with demons for a long time. He had worn no clothes and was not living in a house, but among the tombs. I'm sure he had seen doctors. He had seen Dr. Phil, psychiatrists. And thank God for these people. And they have great stuff. But can I tell you, there is just some things that a psychiatrist can't do. You guys awake this morning? There is just some things Dr. Phil can't do, even though he's an amazing guy. There are some things that Oprah Winfrey, there's a lot of things she can't do. Right? I'm just here to tell you, great people out there, but they are limited. They are limited. And right here, the Bible says that he cast that devil out of him and into a herd of pigs. How many of y'all know that same authority is on the inside of you and me? Oh, man. Then we get to verse 40, the miracle of healings. It's the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says for 12 years she'd gone to every doctor, she'd gone to every physician, she'd gone to everybody that she could go to, but yet she still had an issue of blood. But what did she do when she touched the hand of God? 
How many of y'all know it's important that the hand of God comes upon you and I? She was limited. But through that, she got some power. Everybody say power. power. It's all right if I just find another one. I may not have any more. That's okay. Oh, the ten lepers. Ten lepers come to Jesus. What did he say? He, he, he told them, he said, go down, down to the river. As I went down to the river to pray. He lay his feet at Jesus' feet. It says he entered a village. He was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised their voice and called out. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself. That's it. They showed themselves to the priest. Different story. And as they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. But the one who came back, the one who came back, he was made whole. Are you guys seeing the point that I'm trying to make this morning? There is just some things that you cannot do on your own. In your humanity, you are limited on what you can and can't do. So going back to the text in Ezekiel chapter 37, as we saw the vision of the valley of dry bones, as Ezekiel is prophesying here, I love it that in verse 1 he sets something up of why he did what, why he said what he said. Because the Bible says, the hand of the Lord is upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. How many of y'all know things change when you get in the spirit? How many of y'all know things change when you get in the spirit? How many of y'all ever came in before? Let me, I'm not wanting a show of hands. But how many of y'all have ever been in an argument on the way to church? Amen. We got one honest one in the crowd. How many of y'all, it was you this morning? Just go ahead and raise your hand. No, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Many times, but then you get in the presence of God. In God's presence is fullness of joy. When I think about being in the Spirit, I think about the Apostle John on the island of Patmos in verse 1 of how the Bible says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He was in the Spirit, even though he was at a place that he was exiled there because of all the wrong things that he'd done. They dipped him in oil twice. They tried to kill him. They tried to do everything. How many of y'all know he was at a desert-like, bone-dry place in his life? But when he got in the Spirit, oh, I also think about, I think about Paul as he writes the book of Ephesians. I wasn't thinking about that, but I am now. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, we know that he's writing this from a Philippian jail. How many of y'all know from history it tells us that there's a stream going through, through there of feces of other people? There's rats, snakes, lions, tigers, and bears. Thank you. You're awake this morning. But this is what the word of the Lord comes to him, and he says this, But God being so rich in mercy. How many of y'all know when you get in the Spirit of God, you don't begin to see what's all around you. You begin to see what Elisha told Gehazi. He said, there, there is more for us than there are against us, but you've got to get in the Spirit in order to see it. Come on, there's just some things you can't see on your own. You've got to have God help to do it. He said, think of this. He's in that prison. He begins to write because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us. Come on, this is a word for somebody today that may be in the pit of despair, the pit of depression, the pit of whatever it is. You need to get your spiritual eyes open this morning. Even when we are spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us alive together with Christ. 
Verse 6, and he raised us up together with him. Come on, when you get in the spirit of God, you begin to see things from a heavenly perspective. You guys awake this morning. I hope you are. It's something about getting in the spirit of God. But what I love, verse 1, verse right off the gate, he said, the hand of the Lord is upon me. I'm here to tell you, you are limited as a human, but there with God, all things are possible when the hand of the Lord comes upon you. How many of y'all know God has called you for a purpose? Amen. You need to be reminded of that this morning. Maybe you've walked away from that. Maybe the hand of God has come off of you. But when the hand of the Lord is on you, you see things differently. You walk differently. Come on, with your chest puffed out, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God be for me, then who in the world can be against me? The hand of the Lord. You know, as I began to study this, I thought about the prayer of Jabez. This was big back, what, pastor, 2000, late 90s, the prayer of Jabez. It's still popular today. It's a great prayer. But what does he say in 1 Chronicles 4.9? He says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and mother, named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. That's humanity. But look at verse 10. Now Jabez called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border. This is the prayer that I pray for people that are going in for plastic surgery. May you enlarge their territory in Jesus' name. Just kidding. And that, or get rid of territory. I don't know. All right. And that your hand, listen to this. We got it on the screen. I got distracted for a minute. Oh, that you would greatly bless me and extend my border. And that your, and that your, and that your, and that your might be with me. And that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it would not hurt me. And God brought about what he requested wouldn't it be something if we left here today saying god i know with me things are impossible but with you all things are possible and i'm asking you that the hand of the lord be on me this week as i go into that job site come on as i go in there and as i parent my kids come on dads out there as i'm a as i'm a husband to my spouse i pray that the hand of the lord would be upon me because there is things in my humanity that i'm limited to do but because of God, he's made all things possible. Are you guys awake this morning? You can't do everything. You need the hand of God. You can do what others cannot do. You're more effective with the hand of God on you. You have protection when the hand of God is on you. You have purpose. Heard this story about Yogi Bear. Uh, Bera, right? Not Yogi Bear. He was in the forest. I'm talking about the catcher who played for the New York Yankees, Yogi Berra. Not Yogi Bear. Oh, what was his helper? <laughs> All right. But Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron was coming up to the plate. This is when it was the Milwaukee Braves, actually. I read this in a book. But he was a Milwaukee Brave, Braves, and they were playing the New York Yankees, and Yogi Berra was known for this, of getting inside of the opponent's head by all the things that he would say. And so uh, Hank Aaron comes up, which is, you know, Hall of Famer. We all know him as a great baseball player. But, but Yogi Bear is sitting behind the catcher, and he comes up and he says, uh, the first, after the first pitch, 
He says, hey, Hank. He says, the lettering on your bat needs to face out. You'll hit it farther if you do. Meaning this, he was trying to get him off of focus. And Hank looked him in the eyes before the next one. He put up his arm and he said, I didn't come up here to read. I came up here to hit. You know, there are so many people that are distracted by an enemy speaking inside of their head to do things that don't even mean anything. And I'm here to tell you, you know what would help you? Is you, you got the hand of God on your life. Because when you got the hand of God on your life, there is purpose for, on your life. You know, I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I know I am limited on what I can say and what I can do and what books I can read and what knowledge I can take in. But I know that when the Spirit of the Lord comes on me, the hand of God comes on me. And the Bible tells me in Ephesians chapter 1 that I will regain all knowledge and revelation and things that I've never even seen before. And that's what I need in my life. I don't know about you, but that's what I need in my life. Some of y'all know there is just times where I do not know what to do. I don't. And there's no books to tell you the answer. But thank God for the hand of God. Come on, are you guys awake this morning? I hope you are at 10.07 on a Sunday morning. You need to be reminded this morning, there is just some things. The hand of God, it upholds you. It protects you. It gives you purpose. It gives you provision. The hand of the Lord can't fail. Come on, Psalm 23. Don't you love the text of Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Basically, what is David saying in this psalm? When the hand of God comes upon you, you shall not want. When he's the hand that's directing your life, because there is just some things that you can't see, but when you make me the shepherd of your life, I can see by the Spirit of God what is ahead of you, behind you, and all beside and around you. And so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's provision. I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. When a sheep uh, lies down, he knows he's protected. See, when the hand of God is on you, there's protection. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. That's peace. He refreshes and restores my soul. That's restoration. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. When the hand of God comes upon you, he guides you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That is confidence. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They console me. He corrects me with his hand, the righteous right arm of the Lord. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. That is prosperity that comes from the hand of God. See, God wants us to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. It says, you have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. That's anointing. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. That's a promise. How many of y'all know the promises of God are yes and amen? And he said, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever in God's presence. Come on, are you awake this morning? There is just some things that you cannot do. But with the hand of God comes upon you, it changes everything. The hand of the Lord is on you for a reason. Why is the hand of the Lord on you? Why is the hand of the Lord on you? You need to know that. Why is the hand of the Lord on me? In Acts 16 and verse 6, he tells Paul something. He says, I don't want you to go to these places because I've already ordained somebody to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go to the particular text this morning because of time. But in Acts chapter 16, it gives us an example. There is just some things that God has not called you to do. Man, y'all awake? 
Don't try to fix everything or you will miss your one thing. In Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1, he says, The hand of the Lord is upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. It was full of bones. It was full of bones. Isn't it amazing what happens when the hand of God comes on you? We saw, I talked about the apostle John, how he was raised up. I talked about even Paul, how he was raised up. But in this text, I saw that he was brought low. Sometimes compassion will come on you when the hand of God comes on you. And it will remind you of where you came from. How many of y'all, this is what I'm doing this morning. I'm reminding you this morning. We're not just celebrating Christmas. We're celebrating that a boy born of a virgin came in humanity. And died for all of humanity. When I read that word bones this morning, I just thought, you're like, this text don't mean anything to me. All of us have some skeleton in the closet. We have some things that we aren't necessarily proud of that maybe people don't even know that it exists. But he said, he caused me to pass all around them. Behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo... They were very dry. They were dry for a long time. I am coming to a close. I better come to a close. But I want you to think about that place, that dry place in your life. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's some kind of pain that's on you. That's caused you in your mental state and even in your spiritual life. To dry up. To draw up. To maybe give up. Maybe it's something that's happened inside of your family. That you don't necessarily understand it. You still love the Lord. You still love the church. But you feel like in your spiritual walk with Christ. There is just things that you don't understand. I just want to tell you this morning. Don't die in that why. Don't die in your why. Don't die there. I heard this story this last week, and it was, it was another message by Perry Stone that I had listened to, and I sent it actually out to all the staff, and I'm sure everybody listened to it. But he tells this story about this man who's in the Assembly of God church, and he wanted to be a missionary, but he had a boy that had a bad disease, real bad. Uh, what, what, what is it? Uh, diabetic cancer. What is it? Diabetes. He had diabetes super, super, super bad. Well, he comes to this place. Uh, where the, the boy gets so bad, he can't go to the mission field. They won't allow him to go to the mission field because this boy is going to hold him back. And so this is a man of God. He's gone out into the mission field. He's laid hands on the sick. He's seen people raised from the dead. He's seen people arms grow out. I knew exactly about the guy he was talking about. All kinds of amazing things have happened through his ministry. One particular night, the boy got so bad that the mom comes to the husband and says this. If you don't, I I, I pray that God would release him and take him. So he goes into his prayer closet and he says, God, would you just take this boy? It's more than we, we can take. Anyways, that boy died that night. And so he goes and he goes into his prayer closet and he said, Lord, I've seen people healed. And I don't understand why this boy didn't. But this is what he told God. He said, I refuse to go to hell asking the answer why. 
Come on, there is just some things that you do not understand. There's things that I don't understand. And you know why it's all messed up? Because of humanity. We've messed it up. Because of what we did, sin entered the earth. But because of God and his sovereignty, he gives you and I a second chance. Come on, I'm just here this morning. There's some of you. There are some dry places. There's bones in your life. He said, he said to them, prophesy. Declare the word of the Lord to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you. Cover you with skin and I'll put breath in you so that you may come alive. And you will know that I am the Lord, that I am the Lord. You know, Michelangelo, amazing artist, Italian artist, and all the things that he did, and he's in our history books, and we've read everything about him. And they said, how in the world could you look at something that was just a piece of marble? He said, I would have to look beyond what the marble was. And I would see an angel inside of that marble. And God, God's hand would come upon my hand, and I would begin to sculpt that out. And all I was wanting to do was let the angel go free. See, you're limited. You may have creativity. You may have a business plan. You may have something that's just like this bone here that's dried up years ago. But I believe this morning there is the hand of God is in the room. And as we prophesy and speak this word, that you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Come on, you may see it as something, as just ordinary. But God sees plan, He sees purpose. He sees big things for your future, to give you a future, to give you a hope. He says, I'll put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and I'll put breath in you so that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone in its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on the bones, and flesh grew Skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man. Say to the breath. How many of y'all know we're just made of the dust? But when God's breath through the Spirit of God breathed life into you and me. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. I love this part. And they came to life, stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. I want you to stand on your feet right now. And as you stand your feet, this is what I wrote down. God can cause a valley of death and through his word make it a valley of life. You know, that's what I speak over you this morning. I pray that in your situation that's been dry, that's been desolate, that it's just full of bones, I'm telling you the word of the Lord, you are limited on what you can do. But I speak the word of the Lord over you that that valley that was meant for evil, God would turn it around for good, and I speak life into your situation right now this morning in Jesus' name. No matter how long it's been dried up, 
when the hand of the Lord comes upon you, there's just things that you can do that you couldn't before. With man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are made possible. You'll go where he's called you to go. You'll do what he's called you to do. You'll begin to see what he sees. Your steps will be ordered of the Lord. Let's make him the shepherd of our life. Then it goes on to say, he says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, including Galatians chapter 6. This means it's for you and me as well. Come on, we're circumcised. It says, Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and make you come up out of the graves. My people and I will bring you back home to the end of Israel. Then you will know with confidence that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves and made you come out of your graves, my people, I will put my spirit in you, and you will come to life. And I will place you in your own land. Then you, then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and fulfilled it, says the Lord. Come on, put your hands together this morning. Come on, I'm here to say, I don't care what CNN says, MSNBC, NBC, what happens in 2024. Those people in the White House, they are limited. Listen, those people that are in the Congress, they're limited. Those people that are in a hospital right now, they are limited. Those people that are sitting inside the lawyer's office right now, they are limited. The people that are at the state capitol building in Austin, Texas, can I tell you, they are limited. But you know it's without limit? It's when the Spirit of the Lord and the hand of God comes upon a nation. When the hand of God comes upon a church. When the hand of God comes upon His people. Come on, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. They can make up all the stuff that they want to. And I know we have to obey the laws of the land to understand that. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, I know if that I'm going to be successful, that if I'm going to live in victory, that if God's going to take me from a dead place to a lively place, I'm going to have to have the hand of God in everything that I say and everything that I do. Because I'm limited on what I can do. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. The deaf hear, the mute speak. The blind can see, the lame can walk. Peter, he was limited. But when he said, Lord, save me, even Peter could walk on water. Come on, it's take the limits off of what God can do for you and for your family, for your marriage. Come on, are you guys awake this morning? I don't want to get old school Pentecostal with my hair back and stand on the chair. Ah, but I kind of want to. <laughs> I kind of want to. Because here's the deal. I don't care the greatest football player, he is limited. The greatest fighter is limited. The greatest Marine is limited. We're limited. But with God. All things are possible. Take this out. This is why I chose to do this at the end. 
Because what are we doing when we do communion? We're saying this, as people were limited, but when we are reminded of what you did, God, we invite you in to our life with the bread of the body that died for us and the blood of Jesus that covers us. Come on. <laughs> because of Jesus, we, we can do impossible things. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.